Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hey, congratulations on making it to episode 170 of our podcast. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, thank you. To you. Thank you so much. The person that I interviewed and then who interviewed me. Right. And we got some good feedback. How about that interview podcast we did? I think it was pretty good. I was talking about how maybe that needs to be like a twice a year or an annual thing. Yeah. Different topics. Obviously, that was like about kind of our childhoods a little bit and stuff. Maybe we could really get into like Go ahead. Our frisbee time. Like we had that real those couple of years of frisbee where we just we got just so like always, hard into frisbee. Yeah, people don't know about that. Yeah, that was a different time. Uh, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, it's great to have you. We didn't do any pramble the past two weeks, so any life in Portugal updates because we just wanted to get in. We knew those episodes were gonna be a little mm-hmm. longer, but let's do some Portugal updates because we have some fun things, and then also maybe just some life updates. Tears of the Kingdom is really all that is. Why don't you start with Tears of the Kingdom? I get to start with Tears of the of Kingdom. Of course. Okay. First of all, I just have to say that Tears of the Kingdom started for me, unlike how it started for probably anybody else in the world, which was a <laughs> Zelda Tears of the, the Tears of the Kingdom themed scavenger hunt, uh-huh. whereby my wife, Your wife, who is the co-host of this show, correct for my birthday because my birthday was three days after the release, which was on May twelfth, right? Uh, did a scavenger hunt in our home, yeah. where I had to go into the laundry room and sit quietly on my phone for while the you setup. set up, set everything there up. There was some setup. Now you did do many hours of setup before this. Yeah, there uh, was some arts and crafts involved research you learned about muddle bud you learned about fusing yeah, okay you learned about cooking recipes i mean you really learned the ins and outs of the game let me just you learned who zelda was <laughs> <laughs> i did do some research yeah. on before tears of the kingdom came out by the way if you I don't know what some, this is it's the nintendo it's the switch new game, game new zelda game yeah. jason it's his favorite game of all time I did do some research about what the new Zelda would entail. Right. And so I took that research and then I was like, it'd be really fun to do a scavenger hunt because we're big on like birthday, like experiences, experiences. less gifts and more experiences, just memories. So over the years, we've done quite a few of these little things. And so I had, I was like scavenger hunt this year, Zelda themed, let's go, did some research. And then I thought chat GPT could help. (laughs) Who we call in our house. Tober. Tober. That's robot backwards. Robot backwards. Yeah. And Tober helped me. You were typing away one night at like <laughs> 9 p.m. And I'm like, who are you pen palling with right now? You were like writing a long thesis statement about something. People, and it was you chatting with people Tober. People are writing think pieces about like the end of our civilization yeah. due to, to AI. And I think that that's correct. I think we should really be interrogating these things. Meanwhile, I'm over here being like, <laughs> can you write a clue in the format of a cryptic poem yeah. about muddle bud and fusing two weapons together for my husband's scavenger hunt so meanwhile also i love that in some of the responses because you showed me some of the responses yeah tober was affirming you it was like that was a great idea yes this is my favorite part about tober is if you're nice to chat gpt chat gpt will be nice to you yeah so we were actually collaborating on this This like like, tober would write a clue and then i'd go that's perfect exactly what i was looking for can you tweak this line like maybe include such and such and (laughs) 
bent over and be like, that's a great idea. Sometimes I look over at you and you're on your laptop and you're like smiling at it. And I'm like, I bet she's having a conversation with ChatGPT right now. So anyway, that was how my birthday weekend kicked off. And it so was, what happened? You, I, well, I, I want to go through the whole thing. That's, no, we don't. But no, I just, no, yeah. there was one reveal moment that I forgot about. I go to get you in the laundry room because I oh, yes, set the big, up. The big reveal. So I, I get to leave the laundry room. I open the door <laughs> to find as I open the uh, door into the kingdom is one Princess Zelda waiting for me. You were wearing like a dress, but with a bathing suit top over Listen, it. I, at the last second, I yeah. hadn't planned on dressing up, but at the last second, I was like, you know, Let's take do, this over the top. A cosplay? Just a little cosplay. A little very DIY cosplay. Never once in our entire relationship of 13 years nope. have we ever dressed up. We don't up. even dress up for Halloween, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked around the house, and so I wore blue pants, a cover-up, a bathing suit top, yeah. and I attached uh paper, ears paper ears paper ears to my headband and so anyway it, it went great. over great it was great yeah there were just multiple little treasure chests that i found that were made out of paper with colored pencil there were, did i look I, up an origami tutorial about how to did. make those treasure chests yes you, i did it, it worked out well um i ended up fusing a wooden spoon with some aluminum foil <laughs> uh which is great uh it was just fantastic yeah. but anyway the game itself uh is absolutely wonderful You're i having could the time of your life i could start a whole new podcast i was telling you last night before bed I think this is I think this is top ten like most enjoyable kind of like experiences, experiences of my life is playing this game. And oh. I think it's worth just like I know that sounds really stupid to a lot of people. Fine. But it's worth Great. just like I think taking note of those things in your life 100%. where you can really like I'm just I'm tr so trying to just enjoy every moment of this game because I'm never going to get to play this game again. You're I'm never going to get to like jump into this entire universe and like and it just it for me it's why I really understand people who get so into like D&D &D mm -hmm. or like you know they have like game groups that have been going on for like 20 years with if their it friends. it brings you joy. Yeah. That's what life's about. Yeah. Finding the things that bring you joy and it's a masterpiece. I mean all oh, of the art and the thought and incredible. the game mechanics and the everything. music the like yeah. all the different mechanics of the game i was telling you if anybody is listening to this and they're on the fence like oh i'm you know i'm a gamer like i was thinking about playing it make sure you play breath of the wild first because it really is helpful to like understand the game and it will give you so much more appreciation for tears of the kingdom because that game is three times larger mm -hmm. and i was telling you there's really only one puzzle mechanic in the first game in the new game, Tears of the Kingdom, there's like five different puzzle mechanics. Cool. And it just makes it so fun. You get to build little things, get to fuse things, as I mentioned. No spoilers. Um, and it's just it's just incredible. So, it also makes me happy because you're not somebody who has a ton of things that... Like, you don't relax a lot is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Like, we go to the beach and you, after like Three 10 minutes, minutes, you're like, Three can minutes. we like throw the ball and like run around? Can we get back into our frisbee, frisbee games? Yeah. So you're just, you're not great at just like kind of just relaxing and doing something to turn your brain off. This is something that brings you so much joy. And so when I look over and you're playing and you're just like a little kid, yeah. it makes me happy for you. I would say this is also one of those few things in life where like, I'm super even keeled. Like, if you look at like a line of like my in like terms excitement of your level, emotional, yeah, like yeah. excitement. Like I barely go up or down every day of life. And yeah. like, this is one where like, I'm up. You're like up. it is just like, it, it just unlocks, I think a whole childhood thing. That's for very sure. fun. For sure. Anyway, that's way too much time than anybody wanted on um, my enjoyment I mean, of it's Tears our of the podcast. Kingdom. Like ain't this nobody going to stop you. So the birthday weekend continued there. Uh, we went to a local hotel mm -hmm. uh, that's 20 minutes down the road. That's actually been on our hotel, like, like kind bucket of bucket list. list before we moved to Portugal. And the best way to describe this hotel is like, uniquely special romantic modern magical, magical eco yeah. natural yeah it's just 
so nice. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because I just think it's always fun to share places that people have never, you know, seen or heard of before, maybe. Um, and this was just a couple nights. We got a, a, a BOGO, a buy two, get one free, which was wonderful because we're right outside of the... Go. But to go, uh, different than a bidet go. Uh, we're right outside the shoulder season. So they're actually already, when we booked this time, they were already booked for June and July. Like that's how things are in it Portugal. It just kind of worked out The perfectly. summer is just fully booked, but like in May, people aren't really doing stuff. Um, so anyway, yeah, we, we were there for three, two nights, three nights? Now I forget. Three nights. Three nights. And just such a magical hotel. They only have so 14 magical. rooms. So it's really small and intimate. And every little corner of this hotel is unique and considered and there's just natural wood everywhere and it's very magical yeah. and um it's kind of cool because it's technically on the water but yeah. it's very far back and you have these dunes in between so you can't you can just see the water from the hotel but it's not like a beachfront yeah. type of hotel that you would imagine but so you're kind of set far back with these like foresty trees and dunes in between you and the ocean and so you can leave your room and then go walk through the dunes to yeah. the cliffs and kind of do this little hiking trail and then cl uh, take some steps all the way down to the beach, which we did. Yeah. And man, just the nature. We just love nature. Oh, totally. It's so relaxing. Um, what's the one thing we did at this hotel that we've never done before? It's kind of a hard question to answer, but I'm just curious if you might get there. And I'll give you a, another hint. Uh, it was a repetitive task. The bubble bath? Yeah. We've done that before. <laughs> three days in a row? Well, not three That's days That's what in I'm row. saying. Like, three we... days in a row, we took a bubble bath together. Okay. <laughs> and it was, I mean, you would think that maybe it would be like super sexy, sexy romantic. No, it we was yet again us <laughs> just like being kids playing in the bathtub together. Like, it, well, there was a hilarious moment where we tried to make it a bubble bath. And by the way, this tub is, it's a huge jacuzzi tub. There's a whole room dedicated to this tub. Like, it's yeah, just it's incredible. It's basically like a hot tub. Yeah. Kind of. uh, we tried to make it a bubble bath. And like the first night, we got like some bubbles mm -hmm. the second night we couldn't get any bubbles and we yeah. were using like the same soap the third night it was bubbles to the max and i just love that it was like a goldilocks moment where yeah, i was like we, like, we never found the never found the amount the of bubbles, bubbles but you know we had tons of laughs so many we were laughs. just dying and i know again like we're probably people who should be like yeah go to a hotel i mean make it, it was sexy. romantic it absolutely I will was say. but you but know in the bathtub it wasn't it was just laughs and all kinds laughs of silly jokes and bubble bubble beards and bubble beards that's uh, just us okay yeah the other part that was really fun that i wanted to mention was go the ahead. little garden restaurant we oh. absolutely loved we asked them i had this vegetable sandwich yeah. and i know that sound you're like cool what? cool vegetable sandwich cool. it was the best vegetable sandwich i've ever had in my whole it's life probably the only vegetable sandwich you ever had i don't know but would but you say it's up there with so like good. your top sandwiches like just ever sandwiches, that's yes. what i'm saying that's why it's good it was this like pesto and pesto and marinated vegetables yeah. and just all the really flavors. good crunchy bread Ugh, so crunchy. uh very very fun thank you so much for accompanying me on my birthday uh weekend and making it extra special thanks for accompanying me yeah you're welcome uh and then the last thing on our portugal list the last thing you all have been following our friend saga. This is the friend uh, saga. We've been of friend dating. Yeah. And um, you know, we've enjoyed every no friend duds. date. No duds. No duds in the no bunch. Duds. So we have we've built out this little network of friends that feels really good. Um and but the big news is mm. we feel like we found like our 
our closest, best, our closest alignment new friends. of friends. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which feels really cool. You know, still early to tell, but in terms of like, it's the best first friend date we've been on. Which is really fun. Which and is cool. It was kind of one of those things where we were like, this is going to take a year or two, you know, and if it happens at this point, it's going to be great. Now we don't want to jinx it. So we're not going to build it up too much. Nope. But yeah, we did go to uh, a neighborhood party as well for kind of the little development that we're in. And it was just fun to like get out and mingle and mingle. chat with some people. Yes. Uh, you know, you get dressed up, you're chatting, like everyone sees us not in jammies or in gym clothes because that's all people really see us in. Yeah, we're always, anytime we're out and about out of the house and people run into us, we're in our gym clothes because we're going yeah. to the gym. And I'm not kidding you, the amount of people who <laughs> were like, oh, oh, uh, oh, you have and hair. I was like, okay, how bad do I look when you normally see me? <laughs> yeah. oh, I think I just look different. It's yeah. not bad. It's no, just no. different. Yeah, it's just different. So anyway, yeah, we just, uh, life continues to be enjoyable and uh, upcoming, we've got our uh, Seth appointment with the government, so we'll keep you posted on how that goes. Are we going to have That's that? That's in two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then we have a visitor coming, so we'll get to talk mm. about our time with our visitor. That's your Maybe mom. she'll be on the pod. Oh, wow. I no, don't think so. I don't think, I don't so. think so. I don't think so. I don't think I want that. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this episode and talking about the pros and cons of having an invisible business. Yeah. So let's define invisible business. So this has been a topic we've been talking about recently, which is just that we're at this place with wandering aimfully as a business where you suddenly realize if you go off of social media and you're not making videos on YouTube... And really the only outward content that we're creating on a regular basis is the podcast, which is pretty insular, I would say, because it's sort of like whoever's already a listener and then maybe you're sharing it, but you're not getting a ton of new listeners all the time if you're not sharing the episodes on social. You know what I mean? If you're a new listener of this podcast, I would love to know how you found it. How in the world did you find us? How did you find it? Was it featured somewhere like in Spotify? Like I have no idea if they're like featuring podcasts. Like I doubt it. But yeah, I would be really curious if you're a brand new listener. Like this is like first couple episodes. Let us know. My guess, if we get any mentions. Just a friend. It's just a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So which by the way, Thank you, friends. Thank you. So the point is we're not outwardly sharing the podcast intentionally. And then the newsletter, of course, is also very insular because a lot of people aren't like sharing newsletters, right? Yeah. So the, the point is, and we've we've realized this, of course, we knew that it was, that Wandering Aimfully was becoming a lot more invisible, meaning yeah. you're not kind of doing this big visibility push on social media and where people are hanging out. But it has become even more obvious to us because we've been meeting so many new people yeah and so we'll meet people and they'll ask us what we do and we tell them about tea tree and we tell them about wandering aimfully and then after the interaction i go if they were to like look these things up yeah as you do you follow up right and you're like oh what's their thing what are they where are they on social you kind of go and look for their people would just be like did the business die yeah yeah is it dead well and what i think is really interesting too is uh, i was emailing a couple people recently and they're like oh like where can i go to like follow along with like like what you like what's going on in your life I was like, well, our email newsletter would be the only thing because we do like a kind of life in Portugal update. And so we kind of talk about there. But like, that's it. Right. And, And so to tell someone who you either meet in person or like via email to be like, Jump on our email newsletter. That just feels super weird. Right. Because you have to actually, like, they have to, like, buy in and, yeah. like, like, take a chance on something as opposed to, like, oh, go follow us on Instagram where you can or see some podcast, updates. podcast, but, of course, our episodes are longer and that yeah. also, it, you there's can't just, just not casually like a, browse. Yeah, there's not a quick glimpse of exactly. what life is like. Which is fine. Like, we did that intentionally, but lately we've been discussing 
that realization and how, and we thought it would be useful in order to, we often talk about the benefits of basically running like a calm business, one that you're not trapped on kind of the hamster wheel of content creation. And there's so many positives to that. But for the first time, I feel like we're experiencing some of the more negatives, which is, you know, you don't have all this context with people when you meet them. And some of those negatives are for better or worse, a little bit of an ego thing too, where you just go, well, no one can see like, you know, what I've built in my business. And so we're not above admitting that we're all human beings that want validation or want to be seen for the work that we do. And so we thought it'd be a fun podcast to talk about what the positives are of running an invisible business, what the negatives are of running an invisible business, how you might switch between those two modes at different stages of your business. Yeah. And And I also think there's a good uh, kind of caveat here that we haven't mentioned yet, which is Wandering Aimfully as a business is making more money than it ever has before. Correct. But yet from the outside looking in, someone might look at the business and be like, you guys still doing stuff? You okay? And the hilarious part is that it's doing better than it's ever done. Exactly. And so I think there's just some takeaways to share in this. And there's some previous podcast episodes that we've shared that have kind of alluded to how this has happened. But one thing that we don't have on this list that I thought would be helpful to share is kind of just like, how what's the strategy of Wandering Aimfully as a whole from like a, a business and like revenue generating uh, perspective? Because mm-hmm. it might, some people listening to this might be like, well, then how the heck do you guys make money? Like what's right. going on? So the we have these core content engines that continue to build us an audience that is growing, but it's a very slow and steady growth. And those things we already mentioned, which are our podcasts and our newsletter. Yeah. So, and the biggest sort of, um, if you're wondering like the channel, the discovery channel, a lot of it is SEO. So people are coming to, we have 400 plus articles over time. People are coming to our website. They're getting on our newsletter. Um, and but it's not it's not a ton of traffic. Like we it's used not to, a ton of traffic. We used to have you know something like I don't know a thousand unique visitors to our site a day, so thirty thousand visitors a month. It's probably half that now, if not less. Yep. Uh, so it's not a ton of traffic. However, I think we we have always kind of carved off like a really good bit of potential customers from that traffic who really resonate with what we're doing. And we, you know, uh, again, I'm going to mention a couple of different episodes, but like the art of making it hard, lol, was an episode that we uh, shared, which kind of aligns with this invisible business thing where yep. it's like, we want someone to make the leap forward themselves, not like hit them with a pop-up, hit it with an exit intent, hit them with a freebie to download, like make it super slippery and easy for someone to sign up. Instead, it's almost like, hey, you kind of have to do some things, yeah. like go through our quiz, or you have to get all the way to the bottom of a 4,000-word article to find our email newsletter form. It's about intentional friction so that you get a more qualified lead. Exactly. Which is not the norm Standard strategy. Um, but it's just a strategy that works for us because we do get much more qualified people and we get people who really want to put forth effort in order to grow their business intentionally. And that works for us. So, um, you know, a portion of our, um, twice a year sales launches come from that audience. So yeah, again, to continue with the strategy. So, um, so our, our biggest discovery channel is organic articles that bring traffic every day to our site and people convert to our email newsletter Mm -hmm. in our email newsletter. We send an email every single week. We typically do series that last four to eight weeks around a certain topic. So whether that's like the one we just finished, which was about enough and just the way that like enough can be thought about as a concept in money and friendships and confidence and content creation, that type of thing. Um, we've also done series that are growing your business from zero dollars to five hundred dollars, then five hundred to a thousand. That was our grow it gradually series. So we do all these different series. 
But then in the year, we do two launch periods. And for many of you, this is very like, you're like, I know, but there are people listening who like don't know because our business is invisible. Yeah. Uh, and so we do two launch periods in the spring and in the fall. And it's very intentional of those times of when we're launching. And those are the times when we bring in new customers. And then we have our affiliates, which are our existing yeah. members who help promote Wandering Amply to their audiences. They get a commission. We have a whole podcast episode where we talk about how we built an affiliate program that's helped us build over a million dollar business just from using affiliates as the main driving engine aside from you know what we're doing discovery-wise externally. Great. So that is the strategy of how Wandering Amphilly exists. And it works extremely predictably. Yeah. And I think, I think the podcast is something that we've realized where this channel of content creation a, it's very easy for us to do. It doesn't require algorithms. It doesn't require, oh, what's the new feature? It's just us having thoughts and sharing those thoughts and also trying to like continue uh, learning our skills and sharing what we're learning, mm -hmm. which we have a future episode where we want to talk a little bit more about that. But this podcast really does, I think, a good job because we've heard from people and we have the data to back it up that someone might find us, they find our newsletter, they find our podcast and they listen to a few episodes. And now you've spent like, multiple hours both in reading content from us and listening to content from us where you know oh these people would be good unboring coaches for me in my business yeah they, you know they would be helpful i resonate with their jokes and their silliness and like what's this frisbee years they were talking about like i need to know uh but then they also really appreciate like we have some good takeaways and some good lessons learned in you know different episodes they're like okay this is helpful so i just think it is good to share how these things all intertwine and kind of the strategy behind them. Totally. So that's a little bit about why we're able to run an invisible business. And then it's important to also note that I don't know that we would have been able to do that from the beginning, or maybe we could have, but it would have taken a lot longer. So there a was a lot longer to get to our enough number. Exactly. In so yeah. there was a time where we were a lot more visible. We were on social, we were promoting the podcast on social. We were doing clips. This is before shorts were around Yeah. promoting clips, getting people interested in the podcast, getting people to the newsletter, um, writing, you know, articles a lot more frequently. Like we put in all of that work in order to have our marketing be more visible so that then we could get to a place where we could you know, step back. And we've done an episode on this before about like creating your social media off ramp. Mm -hmm. And that was really intentional. But again, now coming back to this moment where we're in this like funny place where we're now like soaking up all of the benefits mm -hmm. of not having to be so tied up in the content machine, but also experiencing some of what you lose by not being so visible. So let's first, let's just dive into maybe the pros sure like what are the benefits that we experience about taking a step back and having a much more simple uh content strategy and therefore being a lot less visible yeah the number one for us is definitely that this feels like the dream business to run if you're the type of person like we are yeah where you don't want to be creating content every single day right. you don't your 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 inner fuel isn't lit up by figuring out YouTube and experimenting with shorts and and you don't want to jump on TikTok and all these things. It's like, no, I just want business to be calm. I just want to write a newsletter. I just want to uh, talk on a podcast. I just want to interact with our existing customer base and help them in any way that we can and deliver the monthly coaching sessions to them. And everything will shake out how it's supposed to without me feeling like I constantly have to be throwing like wood into the fire to keep the fire going. Right. So it's definitely to me, what you're saying there is the benefit is being able to get off of that hamster wheel that is never ending. Yeah. Um, which does make you feel calmer. And I think that's the biggest benefit, but I think also what you're saying in that is 
because we are the type of people that our favorite thing to spend time on in our business is working. Oh, sorry. Uh, What's that? Obviously, is working on the business, creating products, creating things, creating training sessions. So if I'm creating content, I want it to be educational for the people that have paid me money because that's what they paid for. And so I never, I mean, there were aspects, I guess, of content creation that I did enjoy. Like, I did enjoy the creativity and I did like when I was in it, I liked exploring the new features and kind of being strategic with it, but it was just so exhausting. And it always took me away from the thing I really wanted to be doing. And that's the thing I I really, I don't think enough people think about this because it isn't the sexy thing to talk about when it comes to like online business advice, which is like, what, what do you want to be doing in your business? Right. Like truthfully, like what is it that you want to be doing? Do you want to be designing brand uh, packages uh, for people? Do you want to be building logos? Do you want to be creating landing pages? Do you want to be setting up Pinterest strategies? Like, like what is it that you actually want to do for work? And I think for a lot of people, they can't answer that question mm-hmm. because they can't see what that is because all they know is, well, I got to post on Instagram. Now I have to learn TikTok. I got to send out my email newsletter. I got to record a podcast. I need to be on YouTube. Like I have to do all these things. I don't have any time to think about like what the end result of that is. Exactly. And I think for us, what we found as Wandering Aimfully kind of grew in the first two years of not knowing what we wanted to do, like we couldn't have answered that question. Like we wouldn't have known what we were trying to do. Right. But when we got to the unboring coaching and we we're like, what we actually really have fun doing is teaching people things once a month in a capacity that feels like a jam-packed chunk of information where we get to be silly and we get to be fun and you get to create an amazing curriculum and I get to bring all my jokes and just like we're a team and we bounce off each other. And that to me is like, if that's what our business does is just that, that's fantastic. It's why we've now done 44 coaching sessions, 44 monthly coaching sessions, and we're not burnt out by it. Right. And I think that for so many people, you're not running the business that you want to be running because you haven't clearly defined like, what do you want to be doing? What do you like to do? And and once you figure that out, and you may not know for years, which is okay. And that's why I want to reiterate, we didn't know for two years what we wanted to do, but right. we just kept trying things. If you can get to a place where you know, wow, I just really get lit up by like teaching people Canva. Like I just, I love the app. I want to share everything that I'm learning about, all the new features. I always want to be talking about it. That's fantastic. But you have to build a business around that that supports that and have a product that brings in revenue. And and it's why I think so many creative online business owners struggle is because they go, well, I just, I want to make art every day. And it's like, that's fantastic. I want you to be able to do that. But that's not a business. And so a business has to be- It can be a business. It can be. But I'm just saying like, I think that you have to understand what the exchange in value is. Exactly. Where someone goes, I'm willing to pay for this thing that you want to do. And what is that thing? And so you have to clearly define that. And so I think for us, by clearly defining that, it has made going through all the visible time in our business of saying, okay, we're onboarding coaches. Here's videos about this. Here's podcast episodes about this. Here's emails about this. Then we got to a place where it's like, okay, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah. The coolest thing for me, I wrote this down and you kind of touched on it, but now that we've gone basically a year and a half not being on social, the biggest difference that I can feel And really that's what we're talking about, right? It's like the difference between being visible is I think being everywhere on social media and then being invisible is kind of taking a step back from social media. Yeah, That's really what we're talking about, visible versus invisible. But the biggest thing I've noticed after a year and a half of being more invisible is I have more time and space to think strategically about where I want to take the direction of our businesses. Yeah, Because there's something about being in the trenches of social content every day that it's really hard to take a step back and go, let me pivot this because yeah. you're just bought in on like what you're doing today and what you want to talk about and, and 
it takes so much time and to create the, the content. And what's the next thing that's going to continue to get attention? Right. And so you focus all your energy on that, that it's hard to zoom out to 20,000 feet and be like, where do I want to take things? And sometimes I feel like if that's the case, you don't know that a change needs to happen until it's almost the hardest part. The, like too, not too late because it's never too late to pivot. Yeah. But much later than you would where you and I have this like spaciousness and this airiness around the business where we're having meetings that are strategic all the time now Absolutely. because we're not trying to create content. And so we go, okay, where do we want to steer the ship? Yeah. And I, I do think, uh, you know, for those of you listening to this, it's like, okay, well I can't just like get off social media because it, you know, it's the thing that drives my business. My first like uh, clap back to that would be, does it actually drive revenue for your business? Because I think a lot of people can't attribute the time that they spend on Instagram, on TikTok to specifically driving revenue. Now, if you can, fantastic. I just want people to be able to like, beyond having the brand, which we talked about in the social media episode of the podcast, beyond like creating your brand existence where you're visible, can every single day's amount of time that you're spending on this or week be attributed to revenue growth? Because if it can't, then it's worth exploring other options to try to increase that return on investment of your time. Yeah. And so I, I think that's just like my constant thing for people when they're like, but I have to be on social media. That's where everybody is. It's like, you do not. You actually yeah, don't. You, don't. you just think you do because that's where everybody else is. Yeah. And it is sort of if we really are honest with ourselves, it's the most simple answer to the problem of where do I go to get new customers? You go, oh, let me just go where everyone is and everyone's exactly. being visible. But if you really challenged yourself to be more creative, there are all kinds of ways that you could get new customers that don't involve social media. And I would argue too that like Instagram at this point is like, how are you going to compete with anybody else? Like there's just so much noise. Like how is you, how are you going to stand out? And I know that you could, but I just think like if you know who your ideal audience is, maybe you can find a smaller place where they're hanging out, a micro community, a different area, a subreddit, a LinkedIn group, any of these other places where like you could actually show up and you have to expend less effort, but you're putting yourself right in front of like the core group of people who can buy from you. That makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, it's all about experimentation to yeah. understand that, but yeah, this goes back to that big blowout fight we had where we agreed with each other on the fact that, yeah, you it's it's impossible to tie every moment you spend on social media to sales directly. So it's not necessarily about that. It's just about going, okay, if I've spent six months doing consistent content and I haven't seen any growth in my revenue, that's where you take a step back totally. and you go, let me change my approach. I just think there are a lot of people who are like, well, I don't know if Instagram's like working for my revenue, but like I just need to keep doing it. It's mm -hmm. like, but why? Like, why do you need to keep doing it? Like there's well, gotta be something and, that. And this is, so we're still kind of in the section of talking about the benefits of having a more invisible business, yeah. which is also that, you know, I think when you're in the content machine of social media, you can kind of kid yourself into believing that you're in control, but you're really not. Exactly. You're in, you're being controlled by what the audience wants. I think, you always need to pay attention to what your audience wants, obviously. But I think in a social media environment, the incentives are set up in such a way that you start sort of weighting things too much towards what the audience wants and not enough about what you want to talk about. How many people listening to this like had to start making reels and really didn't want to make reels? Right. Because they were like, well, I'm on Instagram and like that's what's being rewarded. So I guess I have to do these right. things Or now. even you could talk about like the slippery slope of like, clickbait and the way yeah. that short, short form video has become so jump cutty. And so, you know, it's like we talk about all the time. I told Jason the other day, so, since we're not on TikTok, but 
you know, we don't know all of this, but we consume enough content about content that I know what's kind of going on in TikTok. But I told Jason about how people will do Street Surfer or whatever that game is or different games they'll put on screen so that someone's attention stops and that they'll, and I'm like, you know, the incentives are broken when it's such a race to the bottom in terms of attention of we're now just eking out like we're just breaking our brains is all we're doing so anyway my whole point there is you have this illusion of control that it's you that is deciding what you're saying what you're putting out there but I didn't like the way that it always made me feel actually beholden to whatever the algorithm wants we have to do whatever the audience resonates with more we got to do more of that you know yeah yeah and I, I think there's a big thing here too of like when you're running an invisible business a pro is that for the most part, you're not having to deal with anybody else's feedback or criticism of your business. But if you're posting content all the time, no matter what channel it is, you're getting comments, you're getting DMs, yeah. you're getting you know some type of criticism in some way, or you're getting none, which is almost as bad <laughs> because no. it's just like you're shouting into the void. Right, 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 right. And it's like, this feels really empty. Like, And I don't think we've had this problem, which is a very like uh advantageous thing to not have done which is like we've always had some semblance of an audience that like people have responded but like i can imagine now like if you started a new instagram account today and you just posted for like six months and no one is liking or commenting like it's hard it's 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 like you're talking into a black hole and so but for us obviously like that's not us anymore because we always now are to the point in our careers where we have an audience that will kind of follow us But I will say, speaking of another pro, yeah, I mean, I got to this place where it's not even like we would get hate comments or like stuff like that, Yeah. but you would get messages. Mm -hmm. It's not like it was none. Yeah. You would get these messages that people would be so committed to misunderstanding you as the best way that I can put it. And on the one hand, I think that's a really good, like opportunity for personal growth and not caring what people's opinions of you are I do think that is a worthy skill to develop but on the other hand it just really can affect your your mental health in a negative way especially if you're highly sensitive like I am and so it's like both things it's it's yes I developed a thicker skin and I think that's that's a good thing but at the same token I'm just a human being and I, I have feelings. And so you'd get these messages and you would just be like, it would throw your whole days off. And I just didn't like that part about it. What I think is interesting just in that as a quick example, like, so our Instagram audience versus our email list, like almost the same size, 8,000 followers. I think last time I checked on Instagram, it's probably a lot less now because I haven't checked in a long time, but like somewhere around there. And then about 10,000 email subscribers, the amount of like, messages I did not want to come through via comments, via direct messages on Instagram, pretty high every month. Yeah. Like, and I would say like, it's not, we're not talking about hundreds. We're talking about like five, 10, 20, something yeah. like that. Like it's just messages like really ruffle your feathers. Yeah. And it's fine. Like we can, you know, be better about not accepting those, but also like, I don't need that crap in my life. Like I exactly. don't want to do it. The amount of those from our email list, infinitesimal, almost none. Yeah. I can't remember the last time we got an email that ruffled my feathers yeah. as a reply back to our newsletter. It does happen, but in comparing the two, it's very wildly different. Yeah. So I, I just think there's something to be said for that, which also it's it relates to the time thing, which we've kind of been talking about as well. It's like the amount of time that we get back from not being more visible. So not doing interviews, not being posting on social, not doing all this stuff. Like we have more time and more space, which I just think is a 
thing that so many people kind of forget about when they're on a constant publishing schedule or creation schedule. Yeah. And one thing I just remembered that isn't on this list, but I think we did a podcast episode about it maybe a couple months ago. Oh, I know exactly when we did it. It was right after the launch when we talked about just the two days I spent on social media and how bad that affected the comparison Mm -hmm. game. And so one pro that I didn't have written in my notes here, but I wanted to mention is that by being more invisible, you give so many less fucks about what other people are doing in business and how you're perceived in comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I have so much more confidence in what we're doing as a business because I'm not in the trenches every day comparing myself to, I'm not out there in social media, seeing what other people are doing. Yeah. And like, goes, should I do this? Yeah, should, should I be doing I do that? This? Oh, that looks cool. I'll try that. Yeah. And so I think that's a another benefit is that you just do feel more confident about like putting your head down and working on your business and in your business. Yeah. But we talked about all the pros. Yeah. And let's get into some cons because there are some cons to being an invisible exactly. business Exactly. And that's what I think is the more interesting thing because I, if you would have asked me probably, you know, this time last year, I would have said it's all upside. I would have said, this yeah. is the dream. Like you don't have to be out there. You don't have to be on the content creation hamster wheel, but your business is growing and it's making more money. Like, yes, sign me up. Yeah. But now this interesting thing is happening where you just want a little ego stroking. I don't you Carol? Little, it's like, it's not, don't a, you want just like a little, you want your ego. You just want to sit in your lap. An and ego you just stroke. Pet it. I mean, maybe it's an ego stroke. Cause I'm not someone who I would think needs that but also I've challenged myself to be honest on this podcast about what is the actual human emotional experience I'm having and I would be lying if I said that when we meet new people and I know that they're gonna go to a social media account that is dormant or and they're gonna go like do they even have a business yeah the nice thing is we put up the nine grid on Instagram which is really helpful because that gives the context of why we're not on Instagram sure so I think it's different when you like you just have a post from two years ago like yeah like my 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 art account, like yeah. my C Kelso account is, on Instagram, is yeah. just like bye. Yeah. Like there, there was See no ya. bye. It was just like nah. night night. Um, and so and so okay, I'm trying to actually be honest about is it an ego thing, where I'm like, oh, I want you new person who I'm having a conversation with to engage in this conversation in such a way that you know that I've put in work in order to build something. That's what really it is because the truth is people do treat you differently, whether it's not even about how much money you make, although we know people treat you differently based on how much money they think you make. That's just like a human status thing. How people see us being dressed every day. I don't think they (laughs) have any assumptions. Who are these people? But the part about it that I think I'm more picking up on is when you're in conversation with someone, there's a difference in the way that someone engages in that conversation based on whether they think you, your business is legit or not. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a, an example that's easy to share because it's happened to us on multiple occasions. We'll be talking with people about, you know, even like wandering in for they'll be like, oh, we have this onboarding business coaching. And they're like, oh, okay. And like in their mind, like it's not sexy, right? Right. But when we start to tell the story of I wear your shirt. Right. Inevitably, it comes to like, oh, how'd you meet? And where yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then I wear your shirt comes up. And my goodness, the I change mean, it's in just, conversation. But the hilarious part is like that business failed. sucked. It, it sucked. failed. It was not profitable. It was really difficult. Yep. It's not good. Wandering Aimfully, profitable, awesome, so much free time. Go Love to the it. beach. Be we, in the pool. It's so great. 
But it's like it's the ego responds differently when someone's like, "Whoa, that business is so cool." I'm like, yeah, but "The one we have now is the cooler one." <laughs> you're you're responding wrong. <laughs> but I do think I, I this is just to be completely honest about it. It it is one of those things, and I do believe it's just ego driven. It's like you want someone to acknowledge the fact that like we've worked really hard, we've experimented for so many years, we've tried so many different things, and we finally have made it to a place where we have this profitable business that we love, our customers love. Like it's a great thriving business in a, in a way, but like it just doesn't impress anybody. And yeah. there is just something to that where you're like, but I just wanted to impress you. Yeah, you know? and I really thought I was above that, and I think I, maybe I was for a while. But there's something about the new people and, yeah. and wanting to make new connections and seeing the difference in how someone responds to you. Yeah. But of course, then you remind yourself, right, of like if someone's going to respond to you based on like the perceived level of success that your business has, like that's not a good friendship to forge anyway. Of course, I know that. Yeah. What's funny is this is where I think we have a slight difference of this of like the new people are the people you want to impress. I don't give a shit about what they think. I don't want but to impress I know, anyone. I know. But just like if we're just like boiling it down, like you would like to impress them. I'm just saying, like, you would like to impress them. I don't want to impress them. It's not about trying to be something I'm not. And I think when I hear impress, I think of, like, being something that you are not. Yeah, yeah. It's, I want them to have the full context of great our business so like you you want new people to have the full context i don't give a shit about yeah, what those new people think where I, it ruffles my feathers is existing people in our lives who like forget that we've done all the things that we've done yeah and like oh my new friend started a podcast like we're 170 episodes in bro what's up like come see our podcast that's like, where you're a little competitive yeah ego because it's like out. we've been doing it like we've been in the trenches we we have like done the hard work and people will forget because we're invisible exactly and so it's and like we don't talk about it, it it totally and like if we were posting on instagram constantly and like people could still see us our friends our family whatever then they would go like oh wow they're always doing things they're always coming up with new ideas they're all but because they don't see it anywhere and yeah. they're not on our newsletter they don't listen to our podcast that to me is the difference yeah. where I, I feel that for sure. Yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, I like it. Come yeah. on. And I think that is a con actually, again, of, of going this route uh, is people don't associate you with the things that you want to be associated for because that takes reinforcement and you're not reinforcing. So yeah. like we could do, you know, there's been several kind of like concepts or things that we've popularized within our community, things like enough, right? That's been a value of ours since the beginning of Wandering Aimfully. And then you'll hear on podcasts, people talking about the search for enough. And by no means am I saying we invented the concept of enough. No, but I wrote the article, my article about enough in 2016. Right. And so you, these things or like a social media detox that you've talked about in 2014 or, um, you know, running a calm business or things like that. And plenty of the other things that you have come up with we're not coming, you know, coming to light with right here. Right. There's just so enough, many that yeah. we can't come up with them. But the point is, if we're just, again, being really honest and transparent, you know, it that is something that's hard to swallow your pride about yeah. that stuff because people are not going to associate you with that concept when there's somebody who's way more visible out there talking about that concept, yeah. right? And again, you just got to fight the ego. Because and it's you like, just have to fight the ego. Because it's like, but like, why am I upset? Like, we're, we're doing it. Like, we have exactly. a great life. And so we that's where business. it comes down to like the ending of this episode, which is, okay, well, what are we supposed to do with this information? Yeah. And... I think what we're supposed to do with this information is recognize that there are trade-offs to both approaches. Yeah. There are, and you have to know yourself and know whether it's a time in your business where you do want slash need to be visible or 
Are you ready to go into a more invisible place knowing what the downsides are, but you think it's worth it? So like for us, I list off all those cons and I know that a lot of them are just related to ego. And so I go, I have the self-awareness to go. I can fight my own ego. That's pretty easy actually for me. Um, It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, which is the point of why we're bringing it up is like, we're not somehow like enlightened enough that we're immune from any of those ego things, but it's just about going, having the the mindfulness to go, Oh, that's my little ego there. And it's okay. And I would so much rather have an invisible business at this moment in our lives that allows us to have the space to, to think strategically, to move to a new country, move to, a new country the- to go down to the beach in the middle of the day, to be in the pool in the middle of the day, like to not be beholden to this content machine. I would so much rather have that. And I'm willing to put up with some of the downsides of that. Yeah. And I think two other takeaways to kind of finish it out are there, like you said, there are different stages. So like, you're going to have to have times where maybe you do have to be on social media for the next two years to figure things out. And that just might be a necessity for exactly, your business. Because but to go invisible, yeah. you need an invisible marketing engine. Exactly. And so I would replace social media with any marketing experiment that's helping people discover who you are and what you're selling. It doesn't just have to be social media. It can be lots of other things, but you have to experiment. You have to find what works. And I think the other takeaway is to realize that it's still possible, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, to run an invisible business right now in 2023 by setting up some foundation articles, starting an email newsletter, having a podcast. You have to do some discovery things in the beginning. Like if we were to start over tomorrow from absolute scratch and not tell anybody, so not use any existing audience, you would have to do something. You would have to do something to be discovered, but I don't think you would have to get on all of the apps, all the social platforms, all the things. I think I would just be really strategic about where our ideal audience hangs out. And I would just be trying to really hone in who is this person? I would just be, I would continue to be like, oh, we help, you know, tomorrow we couldn't start wandering aimfully with like a generic, like we help intentional business owners. Sorry, it's not going to work. Like we have to find, maybe it's designers and we just have to go, we help designers specifically who work in Figma, who work with clients and they want to make digital products. Like we have to get that specific. And then it's like, where are those people hanging out? Now we need to go be there. We need to go create content there. We need to attract people by creating content that helps them. So I just, I wanted to kind of sum up the takeaway there of, is it still possible to have an invisible business if you're starting over? I think there's a pathway to do it. We don't have any like real world data to show that this is the the way, but I don't think you have to be the loud, boisterous on all the social platforms, creating all of the time to be able to be successful. Definitely. And if you are someone who's trying to make that pivot now where you're considering going off social media and maybe going into a more invisible mode, it's just about knowing what those ego triggers are going to be so that you can go, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's so worth it for the time I'm going to get back for the space I'm going to get back. Um, and yeah, it's a good opportunity to, uh, swallow that pride and that ego and to just have confidence within yourself and the business that you're running and the pros outweigh the cons in my opinion for us at least. I would also say as a very last thing, if you need a little ego boost, like you're feeling like, man, I need this turn on tears of the kingdom and go find your next shrine. Cause it feels good it when does. you find a next shrine, especially like, like wow. a hidden one where you got to find the crystal and like move the crystal. Oh, that one feels great. Cause you're like, I really accomplished something here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it for this episode. 
Hope you enjoyed this little chat about running an invisible business. And thanks for being a part of our invisible uh, office hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that was a podcast I used to have back know. in the day. That's no, funny. but thanks to all of you who continue to listen and be a part of our yeah. community. Because and as much as we are invisible, we can only be invisible because of folks like you exactly. supporting us, listening to our stuff, letting us know that you like it or don't like it. Most and really, and like really it. pursuing us because we're not making it easy on you to remember that we have a podcast, but you come back here week after week and we appreciate it so much. That's great. Okay. That's it. Bye.